to be Canadian. We may not have a fancy NFL team or prince, but we invented Trivial Pursuit. You're welcome, Earth. In Canada, you can go to an all-nude strip club and order alcohol. That's right. From Moose Jaw to the Bay of Fundy, you can suck down a 20-ounce Pilsner while watching some coal miner's daughter strip down to her pelt. Jealous. In Canada, people don't care where you're from. As long as you're friendly and, and maybe loan them a smoke or hand over a donut. I'm proud to be from the Great White North. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Talking Audio. What's going on, everybody? One of our favorite shows every year, except when Hoff takes part in it, which uh, is happening this year. It is uh, formerly the Brew Marsh. Last year, I think Shrides and I renamed it the Marie-Philippe Brulin Award. Yes. Because um, I only know one pun, uh, and, and it's to put brew into this somewhere. It's funny because we were complaining before the uh, the show started that uh, Shrides' chair is creaky, but it's Hoff's that's creaking over on the other side of the table. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. I am in studio today with uh, with a couple of buttes. Michaela Shrider's here. What's happening? Creak. Yeah. Not, Not you creech. It's no. it's it's the chair, I swear. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Chris Hoffley's here. What's happening, buddy? Am I squeaking? I don't oh I am kind of squeaking. You are I, a I'm doing I'm doing bit. just just swell. I'm filled with the holiday spirit. Yeah. And uh, I'm just always pleased to be here, Matt. Okay. Well, I like to hear that. It's the most wonderful time of it year. It is that. I've despite, heard it Despite you song. chirping me for missing them when I've only actually missed one. It's true. <laughs> due, due, due to illness. Violently ill last yeah, year. Yeah, no, having no, no mercy. Typhoid or whatever the hell you had I even did it virtually the year before when I like, this had was COVID it at the time. It felt like right. you skipped out on a couple times, but really you only missed one. I was really had... only trying to keep you guys healthy, and here I am yeah. getting just slaughtered yeah. for... Well, health is overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did this last year, and it was just Shrides and I. I actually went back and listened to that last night. Shrides, we were great. I uh, thought, for some reason in my head, I thought Vanessa was with us, but no. We you're... did do a different show with her around Christmas okay. last year. Because I remember it wasn't the Michael Bolton references. She she decided, Classic. and I don't know if you can believe this, she'd rather spend her Christmas holiday with her family. That weird. seemed weird, but Boo-less. that was a choice that she made, right. Uh, the year before, though, Hoff had the COVID, had the vid, the vid. and uh, texted ahead of time. And so we just decided... We could still do it. We would just have to do it remotely. So yeah, Hoff's only missed the one, despite uh, the multiple episodes I've recorded of this podcast leading up to it, promoting it, always roasting him for skipping it all the time. It's okay. He's missed it one time. It's I okay. I didn't, I didn't listen to no, him. No, so. I, I understand. <laughs> Hoff only listens if he's here. So uh, we're on social media at All Can Audio. Give us a follow there and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. We start with the beers, especially with this crew. I know they're not going to let me wait very long before we tee that up. Shrides, what do you, uh, you go with here? You've already taken long enough, Matt. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going with a bit of an old faithful today, um, but tis the season. Uh, Great Lakes Brewery Octopus Wants yes. to Fight IPA. This is one of my absolute favorites. And you've had one sitting, a couple sitting in your fridge for a while. And every time I come in, I'm like, maybe that one. And, and I, then I go with something else. Week. Yeah. So this week I was like, you know what? Today's the day. It's a yeah. great beer. Yeah. It really is. It's one of my favorites. So I grabbed uh, a couple more just over the weekend, knowing 
you know, it's, it's that time of year. You're going to have some companies. I don't want to guess sometimes, right? You just want to know I have a good IPA with this or that. And so I didn't know whether you'd go with it or not, but yeah, there was definitely a few more added back into, into the fridge. Hoff, what'd you, uh, what'd you roll with here? Well, I am a sucker for a good can and I enjoy the Lake of Bays Brewing Company. So I went with the On the Hunt Italian style Pilsner, which okay. has a howling wolf on the front, which <laughs> caught my eye in your jam-packed fridge. And much like myself, this Pilsner is described as crisp and dry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how, how do you resist? Yeah, no, it's true. Much like Hoff, how do you resist? Exactly. Uh, uh, I, of course, am uh, taking today's beer from uh, from the craft beer advent calendar I'm working through that uh, the Need a Beer Company puts on every year, gets organized, uh, 21 different breweries over 24 days. So I guess not quite enough people signed up. So there are a couple of breweries who get to go twice. Uh, Need a Beer being, of course, one of them on the 1st and the 24th. But today, I don't know, I'm going to ask you guys for your take on this. Today's beer comes from the Test Batches Brewing Company. Seems like a weird, like I know lots of breweries do a test batch of something, right? Like that's a common thing. And it's a weird name for a brewery, isn't it? Maybe that's why, because test batches are so common in breweries. Mm -hmm. They went with, they thought they, they tried to be creative. Yeah. Is that a meta thing? Is that what meta means? Right. Yes. Yes. Yes, That's the word. Am I using that correctly? Yes, you are. (laughs) As the kids say. (laughs) I don't know what the kids say. It's pretty sus. (laughs) Oh my God. Hoff's got the Riz. Well, none of us here have Riz. Like, have no, no, no cap, no cap, no, no cap. Riz. <laughs> Bet, yeah. Um, I am, uh, like I said, pulled out of the calendar today. So it's from Test Batches, which is in Midland, if you're curious, if you're uh, in that neck of the woods listening to us right now. This is their final hurdle, which sounds like like the last boss on an old Nintendo game or something like that. Uh, but it's a red ale. Uh, I like a good red. And honestly, the last week, week and a half of the calendar, it's been all matte. Right. It's been, it's been dark lagers. It's been stouts. It, there's been cinnamon thrown in there. There's been like crazy over the top flavors. There's been some really nice stuff in the calendar over the last week. And I have to say that because I took some crap for saying I didn't love the first week of the calendar. Ooh. And there was nothing wrong with the beers. The beers as they were were fine. They weren't dark and thick and weird enough for you. That's, uh, that's they didn't taste far yeah. enough that's, away from beer. That's basically no. Don't be painting me with the lever sage <laughs> stick just because he's out of the country. I'm not taking over that mantle. I had to look around an eggnog white stout in your fridge yeah. that scared me. <laughs> Even though I actually love eggnog, you said it wasn't eggnog taste. Didn't taste. No, like it's eggnog, more so just like, a name. Yeah. yeah so, but uh, the beers that we had in the first week or so were all fine beers, but. There was some fruity stuff or some sour stuff. I and mean, it's December. We're doing an advent calendar. It's like the whatever. definition of looking a gift horse in the mouth, it, is it not? I don't know. <laughs> I paid for it. It's not a gift horse. <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah. Come on, Hoff. I thought you were just getting it for free because you're, Cause so you're big time. good at what you I don't do, do that. Podcast. I'm happy to support our local brewers. Uh, all of them churning out great stuff right here. So every anyway. Every beer is perfect. Every I haven't beer. disliked a single one. And that's what I said. All the beers themselves as beers were good beers, but they weren't quite what I was looking for to kick off an mm. advent calendar. That's all. That's all. Uh, having drug all that back out into the light for a second time so I can be roasted online once more. Uh, this, as I said, is their red. Uh, the final hurdle, 5.2%. I'm looking forward to checking this out. Maybe before we get into the debate about uh, Canadian Athlete of the Year, probably could have been helpful to you guys and given a little warning here. Is there a beer or a brewery you tried this year that might, that might go down as your favorite beer of the year? 
Matt. This I know. So, I know. so on the spotty. I, yeah. know, I, got, I, I need it, time to think. The thing is, I'm bad at my job. I have to consult not, my notes. I'm not <laughs> Your beer notes. Check my untapped app. No, what did know, I, is what it did bad I that that's highly? exactly what yeah, I Yeah, what did I give the <laughs> highest ranking to this year? Oh. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, locally, I, and it's not new for me, but I have gone recently again and had been a little wild. Tooth and nail. Yes. See, I hit up Tooth and Nail for the first time this year. Not not the first time I ever tried their beer, but first time I'd been. Actually, it was with you and Josh. And it's a great tap room. They've got some good snacks. (laughs) And, like, I'm a sucker for a good snack with a good (laughs) beer. So. Um, you know, like small cans, like good port, like try all sorts of stuff. They, I haven't really had one that I didn't like from there and they have fun names like yep. Vim and Vigor. Yes. Rabble Rouser. <laughs> That's true. Their Bravado, which they brought back recently. Yeah. One of my favorite beers of all time. When, in fact, when we were there, Matt, yeah. uh, I think that's what we were drinking. Yep. And I brought home like 12 cans and went back like 10 days later and bought 12 more cans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you, you were there when I bellied up to the counter at the end of the night, like, yep. Six of those, four yeah. of those. Like, oh, two like, nail hits every time. Yeah. yeah. Like they really and do. Another place that I've obviously been around for a long time locally, but I haven't been to their tap. Embarrassingly, I'd never been to their tap room out in Bell's Corners. Kitchisippi. Oh, okay. Great little spot to hang out. Great mm-hmm. little bar area. Big, bigger selection than I remembered. And because I was feeling both manly and but was there with my mom at the time, we both, and she had had it before and I hadn't. Their Wonder Woman, like mm-hmm. it's like a session IPA or okay. like, a, like a lighter, just Friggin' delicious. Well, didn't we end up there after missing out on the first Simpsons trivia night at Whippersnapper? Yes, because someone uh, didn't know you had to reserve tickets, Whoops. and that someone Ooh. is in the room, and it's not Matt. Um, so yeah, or, we or did... me. It's not me. It's not, it's not, it's not Chris. <laughs> I, wasn't invi- I wasn't invited. <laughs> uh, we, did a, we did a pub crawl of um, yes. Bell's Corners Breweries. We start, started at Conspiracy Theory, went down to Kitchissippi, and yeah, I think we had the Wonder Woman that night. It was delicious. Uh, yeah, tried a few different things uh, there as well. So uh, I, yeah, like you said, I think we started on the conspiracy theory yep. patio yes yep. and then uh, yeah hit a few different places and and then managed to make good and get to the the, the next simpsons yes night out i learned my lesson then i got tickets right yes <laughs> and that was a lot of fun too so uh yeah kitchisippi they make some nice uh nice stuff for sure and um, and you can sit on a couch there. I'm a sucker for like a beer place couch. where you yeah. can like have a good lounge. Yeah. Yeah. A nice like relaxing space. Yeah. Coffee wants good. a cigar and a glass of brandy. <laughs> exactly. That was, oh, I was on my way to my first Sens game of the year a couple weeks ago, which was great. It was on a Tuesday night. And how they, how'd, how'd they do? Oh, yeah, it was yeah. so bad. It yeah, was the yeah. Carolina game. Oh, oh no. Yeah. yeah. Florida was, or Carolina is going to be the it was, two worst games. And it, it was a good game. It was not fun, except I was there with a good buddy of mine and former boss uh, in my current job. But so we, you know, we made do with <laughs> our good seats and beer. But um, it, the game was first period was great. Yeah, and, and have you heard that before uh, at all yeah. this season? Um, and, then, and then she went off the old rails, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, got to got to hang out with the buddies. Ran into AJ Jackie back at the end of the game. Nice. Um, and then until my buddy Graham and I got kicked out by security because we'd been talking for too long at, after the game had ended. And then AJ just kind of like flashed his media pass in his wallet Ooh. like he's in the FBI. And the security <laughs> guy was literally like, "No, you're good." Big time. And I like, just kind of wafted Man, us that, away. That Jackie back flex. It was a right? power <laughs> power move. But yeah, no, the hockey was no, not so good. Not for me. Okay. Zero out of ten. Yeah, uh, you know, for me, I'm not sure. The the tooth and nail is a great pull, right? Because once you're there, like, I kind of want to try everything, right? Like, let's let's see what you got, trot it out. And then, yeah, I left with a grocery bag full of a bunch of different things. Um, 
Whippersnapper is a place that I've mentioned a few different times now already on this podcast, but you know, we sort of got back in touch with, and, and Ian started coming in here, uh, to, to talk a little about the brewery and was always bringing stuff. He was the guy who put out that, uh, who wants it IPA, rye IPA, uh, that was sense themed that got pretty popular there back was as the season was starting. So, um, obviously I had to overlook the sense theme. But the beers have been very and one for what of the, it's worth. Sheldon Keefe is on the can, and he's the most prominent person on. It's said so can. odd, right? And it, he was saying when he was here that like you got to be careful. I've got to superimpose a photo here, but I can't use the logos right of the, the the league's properties. So it's like Brady from behind, but that is from a Red Wings game where he says the the who wants it, but the art they needed like can we blend something. That like it's recognizable, but it's into the background, right? Like, so it's kind of two images pushed together. You're right, though. It is Sheldon Keefe, yeah. um, but it's that game is obviously last year's that back to back that the Sens and Red Wings had uh, is where the idea for the Who Wants It Rye IPA came from. So anyway, that the reason I bring up Whippersnapper again is just the number of things I, they turn things over so fast, right? It, it seems like every other week they're trotting out something new, and and I I love that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to just sample right a variety are, are you <laughs> is that uh is that an unknown fact about matt that i've <laughs> revealed here on the podcast i don't know consult your uh advent calendar <laughs> yeah that's true. i have i have a couple answers okay that's okay yeah I, I can't choose a favorite beer it's like right? choosing i've been told it's like choosing your favorite child i don't have children <laughs> um no one uh, locally and it, it sucks because it's not available anymore is the pale ale from base camp uh, oh, yeah. which is the brewery in almont that mm-hmm. unfortunately is not open anymore um my favorite pale ale of all time it was Ooh. so delicious like perfected the recipe uh, right before he passed away, unfortunately. So right. um, got to give a shout out to Basecamp. The other is, I got to say it, I said it last year and I went back again this year, Guinness from Ireland, in Ireland, <laughs> any pub in Ireland. That little startup. That, that you know, <laughs> maybe you've heard Breaking of news, people enjoy having a pint of Guinness in the home of Guinness. It's so good. It was so good. I went back this year and yeah. <laughs> I, I am probably going back next year. Uh, Shrides so. is here for her original beer takes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm jealous because I've heard so much. Like, I like a good Guinness now Same. and again, but I've never been to Ireland. So, I. Everybody's really like, is different. It, right? Yeah, like, that yeah. it's different. Yeah. And, yeah. and Shrides is now like hunting through Ottawa trying to find the one that comes yeah. closest to its its Irish roots, right? Yep. The, the original. So, yeah. yeah. It, we're pretty, I think. We did a, a, a look around here a month or two ago. I think just in the greater Ottawa area, right? You start talking about Perth and Carlton Place and, and you know, the, the kind of outlier. There's like 30 breweries in the nation's capital region. Which We're is just lucky. wild. And most of them, like, I'm not going to name them here. Obviously. There's only one that I can think of where I'm like, meh. Oh, I'm not you really, got to name it. Well, I'll name them off the mic, but. <laughs> name and shame, man. Let's go. Yeah, no. But you're right. Like, you don't often go to a, a, a any brewery in the city and leave being like, that was That's garbage. Like, you, right. It's no. just like, there's got a very good, like, yep. line of minimal minimum quality that they all seem to achieve. And yeah. it's all like, I mean, again, I love going to a, a brew pub or a brewery tap room or wherever they make their own beer. It's a fun it's always yeah. fun. And it's you a always, hobby. It's hard I can not. call my alcoholism it, a hobby. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. We're very lucky here in Ottawa. Great yeah. breweries. Um, a good variety, I yeah. find, like in terms of ambiance, in terms of like 
a style of beer yep. and uh, like everything you kind of anything you're looking for, you can you can probably find. And then even as you go out to the outskirts, like yep. you can make a road trip out to the Ottawa Valley and hit up like Whitewater and Caledogie. Yeah. And sure. and that became one of my favorite things. Like when like during the pandemic lockdowns, like there's there's like you know a couple things that you know were. Good? All Brought good. Like, good. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like fun byproducts of all the misery that was going on. Right. One of them for me was like getting in the car and going on a little like 40 minute whatever trip to the like a place like Whitewater yeah. or Perth oh, or whatever. So to and me, do, it was and the complete like, opposite. It was finding out that suddenly all these breweries would bring it yeah. to my front door <laughs> and I don't have to go anywhere. But I loved like pulling up to this place, staying in the car, right. someone loading it yeah. into, into your bag and like, into your trunk and just and just going home and, and trying something new, which also people were like, well, people are drinking more during the pandemic. And yep. I was like, yes, but we are also supporting local and That's going on right. adventures. Exactly. All of it. It's it's a hobby. We're supporting local business. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, my alcoholism was good for the economy, I think. Is, You're is welcome, exactly. economy. <laughs> uh, before we get into what we're actually here to debate, uh, you know, you are, the two of you, um, you know, two of the most frequent guests on the show have always given your time. We appreciate that. But it means favorite the, guests. <coughs> favorite guests. <coughs> Just say it. Yeah. I don't, it appears I don't have to. <laughs> it's, it's now been said. Um, but that means the audience gets to know you guys a little bit. I'm curious, how are you going to spend your holiday? Shrides, what do you got going on and, and what's, uh, what's Christmas look like this year? Is it bad that this is a really good thing, but part of my Christmas involves being alone? Okay. No, I'm I totally very, got. I totally got. Very that. excited about it. And by being alone, I mean with my husband and my dogs. But for Christmas Eve, normally, like we have, I've got two sets of parents. He's got one, so we've got to like bounce all around to different right. places. Last couple of years, we've been bringing people to us instead. But that means we're hosting three different nights in a row, and it just gets a little chaotic. And this year, Christmas Eve, we're spending by ourselves at home, and then Christmas. By choice, Day, or did you guys not get invited to the other family thing? Give me a little bit year. of both. Okay. Uh, no, it just kind of worked out that way. His parents are working. We're going to swing by my mom's for. A drink and then uh, hang out by ourselves and then his parents are coming over the next day for the day and then for Christmas dinner and then we'll do all the parent stuff after that but I'm kind of looking forward to like a, just a chill Mellow, yeah. you know Christmas by ourselves with the dogs and, and hanging out it's been a busy month so right. Um, and then you know we'll, we'll get into all the family stuff and like go to different dinners and stuff like that but do you have a I know often when you're doing like a family event you you'll you'll look for a keg that's going to be a bit of a crowd pleaser. Do you yes. guys have a keg for Christmas? We sure do. We yeah. just got a big one, like full keg yeah. of oh, nice. uh, Broadheads uh, Tangerine IPA. Ooh, oh, that's okay. a good one, right? Yeah, it's that's super a really tasty. Good one. Yeah. Suddenly, Hoff and I are invited to Christmas. <laughs> yes, you are more than welcome <laughs> to Invi- come out. Invited, showing, showing up, up and anyway, drop by. Yeah. yeah, like I said, we're alone, so right. like, come on out. <laughs> Hoff, what about you? I know uh, some news in your life. You're now Uncle Hoff. I am indeed Uncle Hoff. Uh, Does little... that change your Christmas at all? It, well, it, no, it doesn't. Uh, maybe a little bit, but it's just going to make it more, you know, another fun thing to do at Christmas. And yeah, I, my brother and my sister-in-law had their their first kid just uh, almost three weeks ago now. Yeah. Little Forrest Hoffley. Um, <laughs> he's very sweet. He does not do very much yet, but we all just kind of yeah, they're sit, kind of a lump at this. We kind of just sit there and fawn over him and like laugh when he makes little noises and it's. Yeah, it's turned me into like a soft puddle of uncle, <laughs> uncle joy. It but happens, um, yeah. but fortunately, ever like we've got kind of a very blended, unique family. But everyone is pretty much in the city. So my parents um, are close by. My brother and and his family are close by. Um, I've got little twelve year old twin stepsisters, and uh, my just my twenty one year old sister won't be. Uh, 
half sister won't be here for Christmas this year, but otherwise everyone else is going to is going to get together. My brother hosted Christmas dinner last year. We thought that would be a little unfair to put that on <laughs> them again with He's the got some things happening. So uh, yeah, we're all going to get together at my dad's. Everyone's going to be there Christmas Eve. We always do this, you know, kind of French Canadian uh, type of deal with oysters and tortier oh, and, yeah. and you know good drinks and. Um, and we do the same thing on, on uh, Christmas dinner with the the whole turkey shebang and all the right. crazy members of my family. So it's always a always a good time, and I always love my Christmas afternoon nap more than anything <laughs> <Yes>. on, <laughs> during the holidays. So yeah, no, it should be a good time. That's great. Uh, you know, it's a fun time of year, and everybody does it just a little bit differently. And it's, it's kind of cool to see the bounce back, right? We had. For sure, one and two, even that was still kind of questionable, like Christmases that were rough, right? Like, and now, you know, it's nice to now. It seems like the the numbers are pretty high again, <laughs> and, and he's, but but we're all going ahead with our Christmases anyway now, right? Like that's it, it, it's that's the way it should be. It's a time of year for that. It it's just so much more fun. Um, even if your nephew is is not like ready for his Legos or, oh, or whatever, he's still gonna get the most presents. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it's so fun when when there's kids around, right? And and you can do things like that. And that's the part I'm looking forward to. I'll be down at the the family cottage, and my niece and nephew will be around. I got a couple little guys to visit up here to drop off a couple things for before I leave, and it's just fun, right? It, it's just. I, I'm a I'm a bit of a Christmas softy, right? I, I I get into this time of year. I've I've done the Santa dress up thing a bunch of times. Hoff, I know you're doing that. Uh, Santa Hoff, is that- S- Santa Hoff. Yeah, I I don't know where my Santa suit went, sadly. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh no, no, I'll just I'll, I'll find a beard. You yeah, know, just stroll around in my big white beard. Yeah, it, it it's it's pretty cool. So, um. I guess we should actually talk about the thing we came here to talk about. I don't even remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been an interesting year in Canadian sport, and you guys were kind of talking before we fired up the mics um, about this being a harder year than most to pick out, like the standout performer. And and sometimes that happens because it's not an Olympic year, um, which obviously – we pay attention to certain sports for two weeks and then forget about them for four years. But for those two weeks, we love those people, right? Those, those are Canadian sport heroes. And we normally get a couple suggestions from there. This wasn't an Olympic year. Um, as far as hockey goes, the only guy you could even talk about would be Connor McDavid. And we talk about him most years. So like there's some things that have presented themselves that aren't super, um, I don't know, over the top, or there's not one standout candidate. So I thought we'd kind of work through a couple different ideas here. And I know you guys are both big CFL people. So I wanted to start with this just as a premise of a question. Is it possible, is it realistic outside of our Canadian pride to give a CFL player the Canadian athlete of the year mark? Because in theory, the argument you'd make is if they were the best at their position, they'd probably be in the NFL. We used to have this debate about uh, John Cornish uh, of the Stampeders back in the day. Uh, This year, the big standout names you could think of would be Trey Ford and Brady Oliveira. Is it realistic that a Canadian could win Canadian Athlete of the Year in the CFL? I think it should be realistic. I'm not sure that it is at this point. I think um, it's not all just about being the, I don't, in my mind, being the top top of the top best in 
your sport at, you know, anywhere in the world. I think mm-hmm. if you can hit these markers in the CFL and you can be that dominant um, in a league that, you know, you see NFL guys and former NFL players come to the, back to the CFL and not dominate sure. and, you know, not, not have that same level of, of success. So if you can be a guy like, like Brady Oliveira, who put up 1500 plus yards as a running back, um, you know, on a good team, but you know, that those are big, big numbers in this league. And I think if you combine that with things a player does, you know, off the field and, you know, in the community and just, you know, helping their team win a championship, which obviously didn't happen in they this did case not this do. year, so that's which I think that's another, him, but, another yeah. strike against it. But yep. I, yeah, I think you should absolutely at least be having the conversation, which we are because, you know, a guy like Brady's on the list, a guy like, you know, Trey Ford, you know, probably hasn't done nearly enough yet in you know his young career to maybe be in the later parts of that conversation but I think as long as you're talking about it and the CFL's in that conversation for uh, an award like this I think you're probably heading in the right direction well Shrides like a year ago we could have been talking about Nathan Rourke and now he's been good enough to go to the NFL but not good enough to start so like that's I guess a strike against my argument, right? Like in theory, you, you want to be in prime time. You want to be playing. You want to be performing to, to get noticed for something like this. And yet in, if, if we view the NFL as a step up, he's graduated to that and is now completely off the radar. Like how do you view the, the CFL argument for an award like this? I think it should absolutely be in the conversation. Like I, I think a lot of people, and in some cases you're right, the NFL is a step up, but the NFL and the CFL are two very different games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand because, you know, to Hoff's point, there are a lot of NFL players who come back, who come down or, or over to the CFL and they don't do well here. There are a lot of CFL players who go to the NFL and don't do well there, but, you know, succeed in, in whatever league they started in. So I don't necessarily think that a Canadian football player has to go to the NFL to be considered the best Canadian football player. I think that there are a ton of Canadian football players playing in the CFL. And Andrew Harris is one that comes to mind yeah. in terms of being the absolute best yeah. at his position for so long. And, you know, just because he didn't go to the NFL does not mean he didn't deserve recognition at what he did, especially here in Canada. Been he stayed here. Um and so I absolutely think that that uh, CFL players should be in the conversation for for this award because I don't think that going to the NFL is necessarily the pinnacle in all cases. I, I agree. It is, you know, if you're a football player, that's probably, you know, your holy grail of what, where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. But I think you can have an amazing CFL career and the NFL is just not for you. And those athletes deserve to be acknowledged. But realistically, if you want to talk about them actually being in the final part of the conversation or winning that award, I think a guy like Brady's probably got to put up 2,000 yards and win it. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be over the top. Right? Right? Yeah, to, to, to compete against everyone else and all the other sports. Because John that Cornish are did have that. a couple of those incredibly dominant years, and I think he did win it the one year, this, the, this, uh, the Canadian Athlete of the Year award. But yeah, you have to be so much better than everyone else that you're competing against. Mm-hmm. And it, I think you're, the point you guys have made is, is fair that this isn't exactly like talking about the AHL versus the NHL, right? Like, yes, the CFL is a step down, but it's also a different game and it's not a full step down. And it's something we take pride in, right? Like uh, maybe this is an easy transition to talk about a guy like Nick Taylor, who for the first time in like, what was it like 50 years, won the Canadian Open Golf Tournament, but he didn't win anything else. He had a pretty mediocre year um, and... And really, I think the three majors he entered, he didn't even make the cut. 
But to have a Canadian win the Canadian Open golf tournament, that's a big deal here. On a 72-foot putt. That was incredible, right? Like, you look back, you remember that moment and that, that, that highlight and everything about it was amazing. And so... Sometimes, you know, we, we have the debate on this show almost every year, especially every Olympic year about, you know, the difference between just to use a name, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's going to play 82 games a year and his is going to have to be like a consistent performer to get in the conversation. And yet you still understand that an Olympian has to a do all that consistent stuff but then show up on the day. You're going to get one crack at this every four years and you better be good right now. And so I wonder whether you guys think that's comparable for Nick Taylor. Does winning the Canadian Open as a Canadian boost his case a little bit or is it still just, that's a golfer who won one tournament and flamed out in a bunch of other places. So no, he doesn't belong in the conversation. Yeah, I'm going to go with the latter on that one, I think. Like, no disrespect to Nick Taylor, but I think a lot of the reason why he's in that conversation is the way he won that tournament. The fact, you know, Canadian winning that tournament is huge, but again, it wasn't a year-long thing, right? And, And yeah, if you're playing a sport that... You know, a sport like basketball and a, and a full season, maybe basketball is an insanely physical sport. So mm-hmm. if you can survive a whole season and put up the numbers that, that Shane did, like it's, I think you're easily a step ahead. And I mean, I'm not a huge golf guy in general, so that's Same. probably coming from a little bit of a, of a bias sure. point. But again, like if you're, you know, you look like, you look at like someone like Cameron Rogers, freaking hammer throw, like just that's, yep. that's awesome. I think that kind of thing. I like seeing included because it's. I've only ever seen that in my dad's garage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's just a little. It like it. You can compare that. You can't compare that to other sports. So I like having the conversation, whether it's golf or something, or you know, a yeah. track and field sport like that. I like that you're having that conversation. But I think, unless you're putting kind of, if Nick know, Taylor won the portion of the year, Open instead of the Canadian Open, we're not even talking about this. Probably, right? probably not. And if if the putt. Yeah, wasn't what it was. I'm not sure yeah. you're talking about it quite as much. And I think there's, you know, there's a big, you know, kind of show, you know, big show element to that that has got him on the list. But I mean, yeah, it's a hard, you know, there. I like the variety of sports that are being talked about in this. And you know, golf's not my jam, and I don't think that's necessarily high up there. But it's still, you know, he made his mark sure. for the Canadian portion of the game, and that's cool too. Can Try, I also add because yeah. it's my shtick. He's the first man. To win the Canadian uh, Open in 50 you know years. What? But Brooke Henderson Fair point. was the first Canadian to win it Fair since point. 1973 in 2018. So it was a couple years ago. Um, but I agree that it's amazing what he did. And it's newsworthy and it's noteworthy and mm-hmm. he deserves to be celebrated. Yeah. It's a tough conversation because I feel like in this award, we want... It, the conversation always comes back to like, were you dominant for the whole year? Were you consistent? Were you, if you won one tournament, it's real, and, and it's so sport dependent. I know because if you won one tournament, it could be like the, the NHL Olympic playoffs, ho- <laughs> yeah, or the Olympic soccer tournament, <laughs> yeah. And and like it, it, now we're talking. It weighs different tournaments weigh differently. Yep. Winning the CP Open as a Canadian, it, it carries a lot of weight, and I think that's an amazing thing. But like. Yeah, it's it's tough given that that's really it. It if almost it, feels like coincidence. Not coi- like I'm not trying to diminish that he did it, right? Because there is extra pressure if you're a Canadian yeah, competing at this it's event. A, it's a massive right. accomplishment. But if he yeah. just won some random tournament in Phoenix in April, you know, good for him. But no, we're not talking about him in the athlete. But when he win the Canadian Open, you're like, all right, like to to some degree, maybe this award is 
puffing our chests out a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And, and getting that. So it, it, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think this award means something a little different to everybody as you have the debate. I, I think it's worth something, but I don't know if it puts him in that kind of upper echelon. Right? I think it would depend on the year too. If it, like this, you know, we were talking about the fact that there weren't, this wasn't a year where like there's one athlete that you're like hundred yeah. percent standalone deserves it. Like, right. like no argument. There's a number of athletes I think you can make a case for. And, mm-hmm. and I think if it was a particular year where maybe they're like this one, maybe where there just weren't as many standout athletes. Right. Then, yeah, I think you could make a case for, you know, if you're if you're making news like that as an athlete and doing something that no other male athlete has done in a long time, that's a big deal. I wondered about somebody like Layla Fernandez, who in past years has sort of been on the rise. And this year it felt like she struggled on the, the singles tour. Now, with her partner at the French Open, I believe they appeared in the final. Um, and she led Team Canada to to the, the title at the Billie Jean King Cup. Now, I don't know a ton about tennis. I'm not going to claim to sit here and, and have watched all of Layla Fernandez's performances this year. But that's another one that feels similar to me in this, uh, in this conversation because maybe Layla didn't have the greatest year, but when it came time to represent Canada and we're now having a conversation about Canadian Athlete of the Year – that patriotism kicks in a little bit again, right? We were watching because she's playing for Canada. Uh, do either of you guys have a, a take on the year that she had and whether that that Team Canada element of of her performance in the year she had boosts her case a little? Well, I think, again, it's it's one of those things where it was that Team Canada performance that, that lands her on this list because other, otherwise she's, yeah. she's, you know, she's ranked 20th. In the world, which is incredible, sure. Um, but again, not a not a great deal of success anywhere. But I will say, again, like sport to sport, tennis singles tennis is an incredibly hard sport yeah. to get through a, mm-hmm. a a full cycle of or a full season of without you know missing significant time with injury. Like if you ever played tennis, and I did a bunch <laughs> as a younger person. I guess you threw your shoulder. In. <laughs> I did not ever. <laughs> My knees may never be the same. Yeah, your knees will um, never it's recover. A, it's an incredibly hard sport on on the body, and so I think if you can you know maintain a kind of top twenty ranking mm-hmm. uh, as a young as a young pro tennis player, I think it's incredible. So I think she's a Again, one of the top tops tennis players, male or female, in the country, and and that again is worth celebrating and having the conversation. But I think again, what you know, one big win for the country in a season where you may not have had consistent success, I think, just doesn't get you into the final the final round of voting, if you will. Right. This is where we need Vanessa in this conversation. She's my resident tennis expert. <laughs> right. um, and I and I will say again, kind of building on what Hoffley said. Tennis is a very frustrating sport for me because we often we look at athletes they'll win once they'll win one major and and if they don't do it again we go oh well they're falling off like Bianca Andreescu yeah a lot of people say oh she's falling off she won the U S freaking Open and beat Serena Williams on the way to do so just because good. you don't do that again does not <laughs> mean you're not good <laughs> like if someone wins the Stanley Cup we go yeah but they didn't win it twice like no yeah it, and tennis feels like one of those sports where because we have seen these athletes like Serena Williams like Roger Federer who were so dominant for so long, we think that every other athlete has to be that dominant in order to be good. And I don't think that's the case. And and yeah, I don't think this was the year that I would necessarily give the award to Layla Andy Fernandez. Um, That doesn't mean that she's not still on the radar every year right now because she is one of Canada's best tennis players. And she, along with, you know, Felix Ogie Aliassime and and Mm -hmm. Bianca Andreescu is 
and Denis Shapovalov and so many others, like there's a, a surge of amazing Canadian tennis players, which I think is so exciting. Right. Um, it's it's building that sport here. It's kind of putting that sport more on the map and getting people like me who are not typically into yeah. tennis more into it. Right. So I still think what she's done, can, you know, in terms of consistently building the the profile of tennis here in Canada is amazing. This just might not be the year where I would necessarily give her the award, but I think she's in contention almost every year, depending on what she does. And she's someone, and the other, you know, the top end Canadian tennis players, like that's someone, like I won't watch tennis religiously, but if one of them are playing in the mm-hmm. tournament, like that's, that, that, that will yeah. get me to yeah. sit down and watch yep. an entire tennis match from start to finish, which I don't think start, happens in a lot of other sports just for that reason. Cause I had, you know, it's such an individual sport. It's such a tough sport to play and stay healthy and to see, you know, someone from this country being kind of at the top end of that is is awesome. And I think, yeah, that'll make me sit down and watch a three-hour three hour tennis match. But. Right. Well, just in principle then, are those sorts of sports in an award like this, is it is it more important that they be internationally right? Like if it's Andre de Grasse or it's Leila Fernandez or sports that everybody plays – do we need to weigh those a little higher because, frankly, the level of competition can be a little bit higher? And so even if you're not the champion, but you're finishing in the top three, the top five, or is it fair for us to go, no, we see ourselves as a North American, you know, we take pride in what we do in the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, you know, Joey Votto's won this thing. Does it does it matter? Is is this whole thing, Shrides, I'll start with you this time, like, is this... Is it just gut feel or should we pay more, should we weigh those things larger? Do you know what I'm saying? Because the whole world is doing them instead of just, you know, our four sports here in North America. I, it's such a tough question because I do think it depends. Like if you're, if you're talking about the four major sports in North America, like this, this is a news voted mm-hmm. award. Um, those sports are going to get the most news, especially here. Right. But at the same time, when a Canadian is doing well in any sport internationally, it also garners a lot of news, mm-hmm. not to the same level. Um, it sometimes it's like bigger news everywhere else that a Canadian is doing good than it is here. Yeah, right? and, and not, it's not even the fact that they're Canadian. It's just like they happen to be doing good. Sure. It, it's, it's their performance that's noted. And, and just because that sport isn't as popular here... I don't think they should necessarily be punished for it. And I think that's why you see, you know, we talked about the fact that it's very rare to see an NHL player win this award yeah. because that tent, like if, if we voted or if the award was given out based on sport popularity, it would be a hockey player every year. Right. And I think that part of the value of this award is getting us to have conversations about sports that we don't typically talk about. And I think that's great. So I'm all for it being given to us to an athlete in a sport that maybe isn't quite as popular because I think it has the potential to make that sport more popular. And that's a good thing. A hundred percent agree. And I also just am more interested in giving an award like that to someone who's not making eight or $9 million, million. $10, million, $11 million a year. Like, they make yeah like I I just I get bored of talking about Connor McDavid yeah, yeah he's a he's freaking good. awesome hockey player <laughs> you know he's one of the best best of the generation probably going to be one of the best of all time and enjoy that like yeah and you're right Trides like if it, if we were just talking about popularity and viewer numbers and stuff it would be a guy like that every single time and I actually talked about hammer throwing a yep. few minutes ago which you would never do in any other context no. necessarily <laughs> um, but to have someone like that on the list to talk about that as an achievement that. People will minimize just because they don't get. I like, I don't understand it. Like, you know, going out there and doing that kind of. And I was, I'll shock you with this. Never a huge track and field star. <laughs> so you know, high jump, long jump, like 
fine, but otherwise, <laughs> Your no. knees so, never recovered from tennis, have no, you? <laughs> no, I'm just mad. My shoulders are falling out of place. Yeah. Like, it's just a fucking disaster. But, um, yeah, no, I think this the, the beauty of this award and our conversation about it, I think, is, is branching out and talking about sport, even if they're not people that necessarily deserve to to win the award, just to be in that mm. conversation and, have, and talk about them and shed a little bit of more of a spotlight than they're probably getting and and uh, that that they deserve is, mm-hmm. is the yeah. best part about well, this. I, and it doesn't rank the same because he wasn't an amateur, but I think back to the two years in a row where George St. Pierre won the Sportsnet Canadian Athlete of the Year Award. And I know everybody has their own thoughts on the UFC, and that's totally fair, but it is one of the most well-known sports worldwide, right? Is it on the same level as soccer or tennis? No, of course it's not. But every year, uh, every country has, here's our toughest guy, our toughest martial artist. And George St. Pierre was a guy who went for a couple years in a row and was the most dominant fighter in that sport. And so maybe people are slightly uncomfortable with the idea of pushing that sport forward because they have their concerns about it. But as long as it's in the mainstream conversation, then George St. Pierre belongs in the conversation for that award. And so I, I really liked, again, I have a bias, but I liked the fact that it, it pushed his case forward as like, here's a guy that you might not even know about that in your country is dominating a worldwide sport and, and dominating is the word. It was, he was the best welterweight bar none for two years. And, and so I, I think that's interesting and tries, maybe I turn this one over to you as, as the soccer fan in the room, this was a rough year. In yeah. some ways, for, sure for Canadian that. soccer. You want to talk more about yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I want to drag you through the mud on it. But is there, I don't think, just based on the nature of the calendar, maybe more than anything else, I don't think there is a men's Canadian soccer player who really belongs in the conversation this year. Uh, men's but, soccer, we'll see if it catches on. Yeah, it, <laughs> it might be a thing. We'll keep an eye on it in the future. Um, but you know, no, no standout, incredible performances from Europe that were like, you know, you should be keeping an eye on. Like we all know who Jonathan David is. We all know who Alfonso Davies are and they were fine this year if they were healthy. And yet this was a year where there was a team Canada, there was a women's tournament and they were battling through some things with their, their organization. The world cup did not go as they would have preferred, but was there a standout performance in women's soccer that you think warm, warrants a conversation? Uh, yes, in that, and it is tough because technically it wasn't this year, but I do think Kaylin Sheridan is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and the success that she's had with her club team in San Diego hmm. uh, is is really, really impressive. I, again, unfortunately, she did win a lot of awards last year. Um, so she still had a great season with San Diego, and they right. were still one of the top teams I believe they were the top team. They won the Shield anyway, the regular season title in the NWSL. Um, but uh, you know, she didn't necessarily take home hardware, and and, and therefore I, I, you know, I don't think people would put her in this conversation. But I do think she was a very solid goalkeeper. I think she continues to be a solid goalkeeper. I think she is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and and should be in this conversation mm-hmm. um, because Canada didn't do well in the World Cup. It's hard. I think people would gravitate towards that. Right. But my view on soccer for this year in, in the context of this award is a little different because we also had an entire team and four players in particular stand up publicly against their federation, mm-hmm. which, yeah, may not be an on-pitch performance, but is part of their role as an athlete and is changing the game and making it better for the generations yeah. to come. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that in terms of their 
performance as an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like Christine Sinclair, Sophie Schmidt, Janine Becky, and Quinn presented and or testified in front of a parliamentary committee several times, which took a tremendous amount of courage and, and ultimately are fighting for equal pay in their federation, which does not uh, come easily and, right. and does not come without its consequences. Um, and I think that it will they won't be considered in this conversation because it had nothing it wasn't a performance on the field right but i i do want to just acknowledge that you know what they did this year cuz yeah on on the field it was not a successful year for for team canada they did finish the year strong with a couple of wins in in some friendlies they qualified for the olympics it was great um and just an outstanding farewell to <sighs> Yes. Well, and and Chris sometimes Sinclair, just an, an incredible thing. I'm going to make. Yeah. I'll make Tries cry again. But it, <laughs> Thank you. I was really that was that was a cool oh, moment. Unbelievable. Yeah. And like you know, it, I think even again, I know that this award often comes down to performance <laughs> in the sport, but like it. I, and I think Christine Sinclair has has received it before. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if we were looking at like a lifetime achievement award, she should absolutely get it because everything she's done for Canadian soccer. I mean, the, it, it's hard to even put into words. Well, she's f- changed the sport. The four you mentioned remind a little of Laurent Tardif in 2020, who was in this conversation mm. not because of what he did on the field, but because he left his team to go home and be a doctor. Because hey, there's some stuff happening. Classic fallback plan. Yeah, right. seriously. Yeah, exactly. But like the world's in a bad spot and we need doctors now more than we need football players. And so he went and did that. And so we had that conversation of, you know, how does that fit? It it, it wasn't what he did on the field that, that was incredible. It was what this Canadian athlete did off the field that was noteworthy. And so, yeah, I don't know if that wins you the award or not, but it has, as you say, it certainly warrants a conversation yeah that's or right. another award yeah yeah Man like if, if there was a way to something like that for tardif this and would I, of the year I, I, don't know. I remember a lot of people making the the argument against tardif that like it, it's not I was the best man or, or yeah not yeah, the I best person yeah. but like and, humanitarian and is, of the year great Athlete but like what the they yeah. did I, I i i look at the the uh canada soccer situation like this still had an impact on the sport yes. Yep. And and not not to say like oh being a doctor that's all you did. <laughs> you lazy bastard. But like if we're going to make an argument for like it has to be sport related, well this is sport related. They're yep. fighting for equal pay and equal resources for them and generations to come. They're making the sport better for those playing it and I I just wish there was a, like I think that that deserves to be acknowledged in this because that absolutely plays into like athlete of the year. 100%. Uh why don't we take a quick little break here? We can uh Revisit the fridge if we need to, and uh, and we'll jump back in in a second. Canadian. Uh, so we're back in here, but uh, before we jump back into the conversation, there are new beers at the table and on the table and, and other places. Uh, what'd you go with there, Hoff? I'm going with the Nita Light Lager. Yeah, because I'm being responsible and have a have a <laughs> having a dinner. I'm going to a dinner after this, so I'm trying to be a. It's a pretty good light a good beer. Lager. It is. Like, a, it's very nice, very smooth. My old man and I both like after trying it, we're like, oh, like. If I'm gonna drink a light, like that's one that still tastes like beer. It's I want four point two percent. It's yep. not like it's a rattler or no, anything, no. but yeah. it's yeah. It's but good. still has some beer flavor to it. Uh Shrides has to drive, so Yeah. We, um, I, and I and I went with an IPA that's like six percent. Yeah. So this this is the She's beer gonna, tonight. Yes, that's fair <laughs> enough. And uh I am going with the uh, the Nog Hog from Whippersnapper. It's a ridiculous name. It's I love it. Festive. It's uh it's tremendous. So that's what I'm having here. I've had that at least once before. Uh actually I think it Maybe uh, maybe a second time where there was more than one of them consumed. But uh, 
we'll we'll get into that as uh, as well. Look, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little about the NHL. And there's no obvious hockey player. And actually, Shrides, I just listened Leafs back. suck. I've heard that a time or two. Sorry, uh, reflex. Yes. Uh, hockey? <laughs> Boo, Leafs. Ah. Yeah. Um, there's no... There's always Connor. And Shrides, I just listened back to the one that you and I did last year. And there must have been four different times where we were like, look, no disrespect to Connor. Yeah. We love you, Connor. Yeah. But... You're really good at this. We understand. He had an outstanding season last year. He got off to a slow start this year. Now, I think we're blaming that on injury mostly. If you remember, he missed like a week and a half. They brought him back early for the outdoor game and he slugged along, which means like point a game instead of two points a game for him. And so that would be the guy. But if you look at the Stanley Cup champions, it was Vegas. So their number one center was Jack Eichel, American, boo. Uh, Aiden Hill was like their fifth string goalie. I guess you could look at Alex Petrangelo as the top Canadian on that team. Is there anyone in the hockey world that belongs in the conversation this year that isn't Connor McDavid, who we don't credit just because we know he's... You're a cheat I code. Would, you don't get... To. I would make a case for another Connor. Ooh. Brown? <laughs> downtown Connor Brown. Well, no, here it was downtown Connor Brown. Bedsy Wood. Connor Bedard. And no, I didn't, listen, I wouldn't suggest I that he yeah. should he, I wouldn't say suggest he should win this award, but I think just given his body of work at the age he's at now and not and it's not just in the NHL, like he Yeah, we kicked off the year. The World Juniors. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. Like mm-hmm. nine goals, fourteen assists in seven games. Not bad. Ridiculous. Eh? Yeah. And then he and scores 71, goal, like goals, goals, 71 like, goals in 57 games for the Pats. Yeah. Also ridiculous. Yep. And then you get drafted first overall. Now you're essentially, I don't know if he still is, but he has been leading rookies in points and, and yeah. points and goals. Yep. So, um, and honestly, he just seems like a really good kid who's really got a good head on his shoulders, especially with all the went bullshit that went on with, yeah, with the whole, yeah. with the whole Corey Perry fiasco and the stuff that was talked yep. about and him just, you know, uh, maturity beyond his years. For sure. Um, and as someone who works with junior hockey players a lot, I just, you know, that you can't necessarily teach that, um, for a player to have a head locked tightly on his shoulders like that with all the fanfare that goes on around you and everyone telling you how fucking awesome you are all the time. And, <laughs> Like you have God's no gift to hockey. Like. No, me yeah. neither. I, I, just, I live it vicariously through other people. So, um, no, I wouldn't say, you know, top and top, top one choice for this award, but I think he, I'd love to, I'd much rather talk about Connor Bedard than Connor McDavid just sure. because yeah. he's, I don't know, I, I've been impressed because I was one of those guys who initially, when he got, I knew he'd go first overall. Like, yeah. does he have the impact right away? He's so young. He's not a big dude and he's come in and just been, just been solid. So I think his body of work over the last year warrants him being in that, you know, on somebody's list for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, to your point earlier of not giving it to someone who's making $10 million a year already and, and, uh, accounting for statistics that came outside of the NHL. Yeah, I think context counts. He's yeah. 18 years old. Right? And I think, He's... you know, you, you could absolutely make a case for Connor Bedard. In fact, I'd probably, I, I agree. I'd probably say it over any other NHL player, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, my mind goes a little more towards women's hockey because sure. that's where my world is and, and what I cover. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were a number of athletes who were involved this year in starting an actual league that we finally have. And hopefully maybe next year we'll be talking about a player in this league winning this award because they sure. have a place to play now, which is so amazing. 
Um, but, you know, it's similar to the point I made with the, with Canada soccer earlier. Like there were a lot of athletes who made a huge impact on their sport this year uh, by, you know, not necessarily by playing the game, but by changing the game. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think you'd be re- obviously Murray Philip Poulin won it last year. So who? No, probably, yeah. a, have you ever I'm heard of her? No, I'm an Emily Clark, Brienne Jenner kind there of. There you go. Yeah, point. these are Let's these go. are my people yeah. now. Yeah. Through Montreal, <laughs> man. Yeah. The vibe, the P, not to go get too yeah. sidetracked here, but the PWHL vibe around Ottawa, where it's you wild, know, happens to be my office where they're going to be playing. So <laughs> it's it's awesome to go out there and see. Practice them practicing, or just a couple of them out on the ice skating, and then you know just getting ready to go, seeing the new locker room and stuff yeah. come together. It's the ticket sales have been just off the charts, awesome. So mm-hmm. it's that's been that's been neat. And Ottawa seems to be leading the way in a league that's already generating a ton of as like that so. yeah. that market that was like. Oh really? Ottawa got a team, and you're like, yeah, eat your heart out, baby. Sold out a 7,500 seat building or whatever, right? Like that's going to be a record setter when they kick things off on January second, uh, the most attended professional women's hockey game in in North America. So I think that's going to be wild. And, and you're right to point out that, like some of the other sports and and people we've talked about, there's more to it than just what you do on the ice. The PWHPA members are the ones who said, no, conditions right now are not good enough, right? Like, we're going to hold out until we can form something proper. And we're now seeing that come to fruition. And so the people at the forefront of that this year deserve the credit for having helped build it. And next year, as you correctly point out, we won't be talking about them having built it. We'll be talking about who dominated it, right? Like, who killed it? Who performed well in this league where we can now actually watch, you know... uh, had this conversation. I know you've both had it in past years too with casual sports fans who see like, oh, like 3 million people watch Canada, USA in the Olympic gold medal game. Where can I watch them next weekend? Like, yeah, you can't. So, yeah, well, sorry. And, yeah. and like not to, not to, you know, give a, more attention to the, you know, at misogynistic trolls that are, <laughs> you pop up everywhere all the time. But when, like from the time that this league was announced, to now and seeing those like and still some now but seeing those initial comments like no one's gonna watch this shit like why you know why need it and then having these numbers come out and be like we're gonna fucking pack this building yeah and like everywhere i go people are are talking about it like the i i knew like i was like personally when i first started hearing the possibility that this could happen before it was you know right before it was announced i was like i I remain very confident that it's going to be a very viable and successful thing but you like some of the commentary and you know that like it, just, it was brutal, and to see, I don't know if vindicated is the right word, because I'm not surprised, but just to to yeah. see that kind of storyline get shut well, down, Fry, because you know what, they can't keep up with the with the demand for it. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, you've said amazing. it a thousand times, if you make it easy for people to watch, if you they present watch. it, if you'll put it out there, if you build it, they will come, yeah. and here we are again. And already, like, I love that. You know, the the Toronto sold out all their season tickets. Yeah. Ottawa sold out their first game. They're going to set a record uh, for a live uh, women's hockey audience in Canada. Um, already, I'm kind of like, you know, should we be looking at bigger buildings sure. for these teams? Yeah. And, and again, no offense to TD Place, which is a fantastic yep. venue. But you know, even in Toronto, you know, already they're making a case for, hey, maybe we should be at b- bigger buildings. And I think that's amazing because immediately the conversation's always, well, you know, are they going to fill a stadium? Are they going to, should we just put them in a smaller rink to start? And, and already I feel like they've exceeded their yes. capacity, which is amazing. Yeah, 100%. And I think I knew the first game in Ottawa and the first game everywhere, I I, I assumed it was going to be very popular and well mm-hmm. attended. But what's really impressed me 
probably not a secret anymore. I'm just going to say it anyway. But <laughs> in 24 hours from season tickets going on sale for Ottawa's PWHL team, they sold something like 1,300 season ticket packages in 24 hours, which is like yep. exceeded everybody's expectations. Because yep. all of a sudden, you're not talking about like, you know, maybe we'll have 2,000 or 3,000 people. It's like well, we're going to have, you know, this number for sure. And it's, got, minimum, it's continued yeah. to go up since then. So, yeah, again, like the demand is just, there's a buzz for it. The demand's off the charts. And I mean, we just keep adding teams at TD Place, which I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can turn around in different directions and see different sports. It's awesome. And this one's going to be yeah. no different. Uh, I took a look through the baseball landscape. There's honestly not a lot of people, and, and this will sound a little Homer-ish, and that's fair enough. But as far as Canadians go, Jordan Romano, your closer for the Blue Jays, killer year, right? Like, was a really good uh, season. But I don't think lands on this level. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a... I, I don't know. It just didn't have that feeling of like an Eric Gagne when he was coming out of the Dodgers bullpen as their closer and, and blowing people away. And I think he won. If he didn't win it, he was a nominee for the Cy Young as a closer, which is just wild. That's not what Jordan Romano was. So I don't think there's a whole lot on on the, the baseball front. We're going to talk some basketball here because we have to, but let's let's kind of kick it around. Let's not yet get to SGA. Is there anyone else in the NBA or the WNBA that we'd want to mention at this point? I think you could talk about Jamal Murray. Now, he was the second best player on his own team, but it was a team that won a championship. Um, But then didn't go play for Canada at the Olympic qualifier. There's reasons for that, but that hurts him. Uh, Is there anyone else in the basketball world, men's or women's, that we think are going to be in the conversation here? Unfortunately, in the women's game, no, uh, it wasn't the strongest year for the Canadians in the WNBA. I mean, it was cool. You know, we had the first WNBA preseason game in Canada in May uh, this year where uh, Minnesota played Chicago and uh, Bridget Carlton and Nafisha Collier of Minnesota are both Canadian. And that was they got to be a part of that. And that was amazing. But nothing really happened in Minnesota outside of that or in, in their stats in particular that that blew anybody away. Key and Nurse had an okay season in Seattle, but Seattle had a very much not okay season as a team. So there do was nothing you, Do you like, watch Seattle a lot? That feels like a sports market that you keep an eye on sometimes. I do. I do a little bit. Um, Just dabble. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the time zone uh, does not work in my favor. Um, but, and, and I don't want to discredit Key and Nurse. She had 9.7 points per game, which is which is very solid. And, and um, you know, she is... a. I think the most notable uh, name in the WNBA when it comes to Canadian basketball, but there's nothing she did. You know, if they had won a championship sure. or if she had like, you know, broken a few records, I think then, you know, you'd probably look at this, but um, I think what's, I, I think there are a number of, of notable NBA players who are in, in comparison to the rest of their league doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think SGA was the the right choice. Um, I I don't follow the NBA quite as closely, so sure. like I can't really say, oh no, it should have been you know so and so instead. But uh, I love that there are different players for us to choose from. I love that there are so many amazing Canadian players in the NBA. Um, you know, we're seeing the Carter the effects of the Carter yes. effect now. Imagine the effects of the Raptors effect. Yep. Um, the 2019 championship that we're going to see for years to come. Like I think this is just great for Canadian basketball overall. Hundred percent, Hoff. When you when you look at this and and look at a guy like like Shea Gilgis Alexander and 
And there is one other athlete that we'll get to and throw into the mix. Because to me, it comes down to two people when we debate this. And, and I'm certainly open to be uh, to, to have to debate it if you guys feel differently. But to me, this year, it comes down to Shea Gildas-Alexander or Summer McIntosh. These are the two mm-hmm. people. So we'll get to Summer McIntosh here in a moment. But when you look at, uh, at, at, at men's basketball and, and what happened, is there anyone who can hang with Shea Gildas right now in the year that he had as a Canadian athlete in the NBA? I don't think so, yeah. realistically. I think you mentioned it before. I think Jamal Murray would be the only one that comes kind of more distant second in that conversation. Um, you know, wins a championship. He averages, you know, 25, 26 points a game in the yeah. playoffs. Um, meh. Yeah. Like, it's one of those <laughs> where... It just, you know, those. Like, good that, for him. Like, that was awesome no, to watch. Friggin', that's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. And as, as watching bat, and I loved playing basketball as a kid, which oddly, like, is probably the sport I followed the least right. closely at, the, at this point in my life. But <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, SGA was overall a great choice. And in basketball, they just, you know, far and away the, the only. The only option, I, as a kid, I don't remember having anyone really to follow as a Canadian basketball player. Um, yeah, they were all Canada, like Damon Stottlemyre. Yeah, or, and like internationally, Canada was always kind of like a yeah, like no one ever talked about Canada, no, as a basketball nation. And so to you know to to get a bronze at the at the FIBA World Cup this year yeah. is you know that that's massive and just you know what he's you know all star. Insane. I don't know. On the people was he averaging taking, like thirty plus, thirty plus points a yep. game, thirty one, thirty. So last season, th- and this is the problem, both with the NHL and the NBA, is the seasons split the calendar year. So it, it's a. But from January through uh, the end of the regular season in twenty twenty three, he finishes fourth in points in the NBA. Uh, is a top five uh, vote getter in NBA MVP, and then he goes and represents Canada, as you said at the the FIBA World Cup, and these aren't slouches that he's beating, right, over there with Team Canada. He takes down Latvia, takes down Slovenia, takes down the Americans, and I know it's not the A USA roster, but it's not a terrible USA roster. USA can't send a terrible team. So what he did there, and now to round out the calendar year portion of it, he's off to another killer start where he's averaging over 30 points a year. I'm not the biggest NBA guy in the world. That's not my sport, but I know enough to look at that and go, it's a pretty good year for Canadian athlete, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that, that's a guy who has done it in his pro league and a guy who is doing it internationally. And I don't know about you two. I'm not someone who follows the NBA super closely. I was all in watching that Canadian team this summer. That was so much fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, again, like this is, much like tennis, I feel like basketball in terms of the Canadian uh, athletes and, and, and our international teams is having this like surge and, yeah. and, 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 uh, well, you were so right to point out that it's the Carter effect and to yeah. a lesser extent so far, but in the future will be the Raptor effect, right? Mm. Vince Carter being here in 2000, you get those five-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old kids going, look at this guy. And 20 years later, they're pros, right? Because they were inspired by him. The Raptors do it in 2019. You know, we'll see in a couple of years what that does, but this, the sport is exploding in oh, this yeah. country. Look how many first overall or like top five picks were Canadian in right. the last couple of years. Yeah. You've got uh, Andrew Wiggins, you've got RJ Barrett. Like I know Anthony Bennett, we don't talk about as much. That's, uh, <laughs> no, but, okay. but another first overall and, Canadian. And like, I know RJ Barrett didn't have, you know, he's been injured, yeah. and, but, but Andrew Wiggins had a lovely resurgence in the last little while. Yeah. And, and like, I just love that there's so many Canadian players in this league who, 
are not just like there. Because so, so often it's like, hey, there's a Canadian in this league. Yay. Right. These are dominant players yes. in many cases. These are the best players on their teams or some or or in conversation for one of, you know, the top ten players in the league. And I and yep. I love that they're Canadian. I think that's so great for the sport here in Canada, for the growth of the sport. And and again, like we'll we'll continue to see that in terms of the effects of, of the Raptors being so successful in twenty nineteen. at this point, Canada is well established as the second Behind the USA, second best mm-hmm. or second. It just second sucks best that that drop off is like yeah. a very big one. But <laughs> in terms of number of players being provided to the league, right? Yeah. Canada's right there, and and that's only going to increase, I would imagine. We should obviously talk about Summer McIntosh, and this is this is a fun story because as a swimmer, this is somebody that doesn't normally hang around in the mix outside of an Olympic year. But to me, and and you guys certainly can can correct me if you feel differently, she's right there neck and neck with SGA this year. Uh, two world records at Canadian trials. Uh, I think it was four wins at the the swimming world championships. Um, just one of those athletes and who did it mostly before turning 17 years old. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah. I was like, accomplishing very little before I turned 17 no, years old. I wasn't old. swimming that far. I was swimming to live, not yeah. like Yeah, I, I, I knew the, the doggy paddle. I had things yeah. under control to not drown. But yeah, no, I wasn't going to beat anybody anywhere. And, and that's the crazy part of this. You go back to... Um, you can remember that name. She was part of the relay team that Canada had that was so successful in 21. I guess she was... 15 at the time. I, look, I know swimming is a sport that is typically dominated by people younger than you think they are. I was blown away when I was reading up on her to get ready for this show that she just turned 17 this year. It's one of those sports that, that like I said, we all follow during the Olympics. Swimming is one of the best sports to watch while the Olympics is on. And then typically we sort of fade away. The fact that she has pushed herself into this mix in a non-Olympic year and, and established herself as like probably, look, we'll, we'll reassess this before the Olympics in 2024, but she will be right there like Penny was a couple years ago. It's like the Canadian athlete to watch at the Olympics in, in Paris 2024. Yeah, and I think, again, much like basketball, uh, swimming is a sport that Canadians, especially Canadian women, are completely dominating in right now. Like yeah. Summer McIntosh, like you said, breaking world records when Katie Ledecky, or Ledecky, sorry, in the States the exists, yes. right? And like she's considered the best uh, swimmer in the world. She, she's like uh, considered one of the best swimmers of all time. And here's Summer McIntosh, like right there with her in terms yep. of breaking records and, and winning championships. And then you've got Maggie McNeil, yep. who set a record for most gold medals in a Pan Am Games this year. Um, and and then, I of circle course, all the way back to 2021, which is a damn near shit. Yeah, or where she was squinting to try and see if she oh, had that, won, and she won the gold medal. Did I have that mixed up? Who? Which one said in that was on Maggie. CBC? It was that Maggie. Was Maggie yeah. yeah, but yeah, she, she made notes for a few, t- few yeah, times. Yeah, she that was year. a glasses wearer, and like you're squinting back at the. Po- did I win? Yeah, I mean, you tell won me, the did gold I win? Medal, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then Penny Oleksiak is yes. still there, right? Yep. Like this is this is a sport where Canadian women are dominating yep. and making news outside of an Olympic year, which is so huge in a sport like swimming. So I think this is amazing. And when you consider how successful Summer McIntosh is, the 20, I mean, 2020, but 2021 Tokyo Olympics, mm-hmm. she she was in them, but she just wasn't quite there yet. Right. Imagine how good she's going to be in Paris. 
There are very few things that impress me more than someone swimming the butterfly at a high <laughs> level. I mean, anyone who's ever tried to swim that fucking stroke. It doesn't make sense. It's so hard. Like, the strength alone and then, like, the way you kick while you're – it just – like, it's like singing and playing guitar at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. it's so hard to, to line them up. So to win – you know, she won the gold in the 200 at the Worlds this year yeah. in the butterfly. Yep. Absolutely insane. I think she's, again, at her age, too, just unbelievable. And that's absolutely the composure of a 17 year old. (laughs) Yeah. To be able to, you know, compete at that level, handle the attention, handle the pressure. Uh, To me, that's the other thing, too. The poise is unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild. And so we've covered a, a bunch of ground here. We've talked about a bunch of different athletes. And so, you know, we sort of let off saying kind of a weak year, having kind of worked our way through it. It's not as weak as maybe as it seemed. A lot of people had good years, but maybe not. I think that. it's just a, a, like an impressively diverse year. Yeah, maybe. Like, that's it's fair. Like everyone there, was maybe solid. No, no one yeah. running away with it. But right. Like, there's so many, so many people clearly that should be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. That yeah. yeah. Look at us figuring out how to talk about stuff. <laughs> Look at that. Go figure. <laughs> Came full circle. Right. So you guys know how this ends every year. You do have to pick one. Ugh. Yeah. We're we're going to commit. It's no. uh, diversity in this moment is not a strength. You will not just go, "Hey, everyone was great." You will zero in on someone. You will pick a Canadian athlete of the year and Hoff, you'll kick us off. I'm going with Summer. Yeah. Just to, for the for the sorry, sorry Shreds. <laughs> just for the sake of being a little bit different and not picking the actual winner. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which I do think is a I, I I do think is a good choice, but again, just having just talking about it now, she's at her age and in a sport like that um and in a non-Olympic it's year, one of those sports I just think too, right? Every country awesome. sends their guy yeah. and, or girl. I'm so I'm in Come track, on, everyone sends their Matt. fast I know. Their <laughs> sends their person. Sends their person. Uh, every, it's who's the best wrestler. Who's the best runner. It's not who's the best puts on knives on their feet and slaps a round piece of rubber into an, we love that, but not every country does it. We do all do the fastest swimmer, the fastest runner, the heaviest lifter. Like these are core things that the Olympics are built around. And so I think summer, yeah. in dominating that this year at, at, you know, I, I do, I place, when I do this, I place a higher value on those ones that every country does. I think that matters. Shrides is so pissed that we both took her choice. Right? I oh, haven't was... said that's not <laughs> thing. I'm just, okay. I, I went, Shrides is taking Sami Zayn. I went totally left, left field yeah. on this one. Okay. Baseball? I am going to be both predictable mm. and infuriating oh. for a lot of people. No, I'm going to say Christine Sinclair and let me explain why. <laughs> okay. Okay, I know that you're going to look at her on-field accomplishments this year and she go. She had a stadium wow. named after her for a night. Exactly, that was pretty wild. She and, and go. Who wow, hasn't? this this wasn't her year. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're talking a athlete of the year from a newsworthy perspective, in a year that saw a record-breaking World Cup, in a year that saw her fight for equality with her teammates, mm-hmm. in a year that saw her retire and damn near break the internet. I think Christine St. Clair deserves this award in terms of being the overall Canadian Athlete of the Year. She played a ton this year. We can't say that she didn't step onto the pitch and make a difference. I know Canada's performance in the World Cup was not what we wanted it to be. But they finished the year very strong. They qualified for the Olympics. They beat Australia in a pair of friendlies. They got their seemingly meaningless revenge on them for eliminating them in the World Cup. And she, you know, she was part of a record-setting crowd in her retirement game. She had a stadium named after her. She had the whole country honoring her. And 
I'm going to go off the board and say Christine Sinclair. It's not off the board at all. She's so guys. funny, too. She's got the best sense of humor. Oh like, God. And so unintentionally. The whole talking about blocking the, the American team, and she's yeah. like, that's such that a sink thing to do. Like, I don't even remember. That was, that was hilarious. So good. So for oh. anyone who missed it, and, and we'll share what the image or whatever on our socials, but yeah, Team USA tweets out, congratulations, you know, on a great career, I hope she sees this. And it's there's a picture <laughs> of a screen grab where she's blocked Team US. And that, as a small, like, a, a, as a Canadian with the little brother complex, I loved it, right? Like, and her explanation I, was hilarious. She's like, oh, yeah, I did it during the World Cup, and then I just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> that was hysterical. I no, thought that just, was fantastic. It's so Canadian and yeah. innocent and funny. Uh, Shrides, I was surprised, did not go with Sami Zayn. I know he, she saw a lot of him at the second, beginning of the year. Second place. Second place. Solid second. Um, I want to quickly shout out, even though this isn't who I'm giving the award to this year. The Sens? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not giving the award to the Sens. Connor McDavid. This year. Jacques Martin. Uh, no. Our pal, friend of the show, Amy Burke. Yes. just finished qualifying the Canadian women's goalball team to go to Paris 2024. That comes on the heels of a terrific performance uh, at the World Games back in the summer where she absolutely dominated. Then at the Pan Ams here uh, just this past month. Look, we've talked about her. We've talked about her team. I know it's not a sport that a lot of people follow, but... Team Canada went to the 2021 Paralympic Games. Amy was suffering from back spasms and could hardly play. That team finished last place in their pool. This year, they go and uh, contend for a medal at the World Games and then go and win the Pan Am Games with a healthy Amy Burke. If that doesn't scream MVP, I don't know what does. You need that player to get it done. So she's going to take a run at Paris 2024. Shout out to Amy Burke. I'm giving it to the same people that uh, that the Northern Star, whatever they called, uh, gave SGA his 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 performance in the NBA, incredible, and the fact that you got someone like me who's not a basketball star or star. I'm certainly not a basketball <laughs> star. I, I know you guys hold will be the, shocked if my vertical leap is not where it needs to be. Uh, someone who is not a basketball fan to be all in, completely invested in in what they did this summer. I'm getting up at stupid hours like Shrides likes to to watch sporting events in the morning. I'm watching him not miss when they're fouling him repeatedly and he's going to the line and dropping those shots. Every play in these big moments against Spain, against Latvia, every play is running through his hands. I think it's the perfect mix of the debate we had off the top. The consistency through a NBA, NHL season where you play every other night and also the show up right now because this is when we're doing it to qualify. Uh, I thought he was a, a perfect blend of both uh, and it was it was awesome to watch. But I, 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 I'm with you guys that this is one of those years where there isn't a bad answer, mm-hmm. right? We, we can, you can look at that however you want. Everyone was great. Or it was sort of a blended year. However you want to see that is is fine. But I think it's great that we can sit down and have a debate like this, a discussion like this, where there are a number of different people that you can put in the in the discussion. So that's one of my favorite parts of this award is like we have this discussion every year, and regardless of where we land, is like there 
it, we talk about so many amazing Canadian athletes right. and like we realize how many amazing athletes there are outside of the sports that we typically talk about mm. outside of hockey um, mainly <laughs> but like it's it's but so really great it's Mitch Marner yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all the players right here, you really yeah, um, he's the Canadian on our team. <laughs> like I I love that we talk about so many athletes at, who are, who don't play hockey like yeah. and I think yeah. in something in Canada it's very refreshing 100% I feel like we should sing the national anthem right now to close the show <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried to lead us up ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um that is where we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up I, I I appreciate the time you guys have put into the show again this year uh you are I said at the top, two of our most frequent guests. I will say it. Two of our favorite yeah. guests. Oh, take that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, way ahead of Versage. Like, way Just ahead. Just beer taste alone. <laughs> yeah, the bar is subterranean when it comes to the beer taste, let's be honest. Um, I appreciate everything you guys have put into the show this year, all the times that uh, that you've answered when I've come knocking. I know it's it's frequent and it's not always. I can't super block good. your number. I don't know why it doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've I've paid for a, a thing. I get through the blocks. It for the I, beer uh, fridge, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you for everything you guys have done. Thank you for doing this. I hope you both have uh, an awesome Christmas, uh, and I appreciate you being part of the part of the show again this year in in 2023. Same Thanks to you, my friend. Us. All right. Yeah. That's where we'll wrap this one up. Don't forget, on Friday, our buddy Steve Lloyd will be back. Lloyd will help us wrap up the year before I, uh, yeah, peace right out to the cottage and nobody will hear a thing from me uh, for at least a week or so. That's where we'll wrap this up. Give uh, Michaela a follow on social media at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S, or uh, get her beer takes on Instagram at Crafted in the Capital. Hoffley is irritating in the fact that he, well, in many, many respects, but on Twitter, he's one handle on Instagram. He's a different at Chris Hoffley on Twitter at Hoff on sports on Instagram links to all of that in the, uh, in the show notes at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're hearing us. That's where we'll wrap this one up. One of our favorite shows of the year. Thank you all for listening. My name is Matt Robinson for Chris Hoffley and Michaela Schreider. We'll see you next time. Okay. <laughs> I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!